Hello, ako si Judas Cavilan. Kayo ay nakikinig sa bagong Rafter Podcast episode kung saan nihimay natin ang mga may init at mga halagang isyo sa Pilipinas. Ito ang Rafter's Newsbreak, Beyond the Stories. Sa episode na to, pag-uusapan natin ang legislative priorities ni Pangulong Ferdinand Marcos Jr. Inilatag ni Marcos sa kanyang unang State of the Nation address ang mga paano kalambatas na isang bigyang prioridad ng Kongreso. Sakto ba sa mga problema ang hinaharap ng Pilipinas ang mga batas na isang maipasa? Ano ang posibleng hamon na harapin nito? Sagutin natin ang mga tanong nga kasama si Bea Kupin, ang rapper reporter who covers the ruling crewing coalition under Marcos. Hi Bea, thank you for joining Hi. me today. Hi Jodes. At for sure, magiging frequent guest ka as the main Marcos reporter of this administration. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. <laughs> request side Bea, first question ko, can you give us a quick assessment of Marcos' first sauna? Particularly siguro yung content, no? What surprised yeah. you or yung nagpataas ng kilay mo? Yeah. Um, no, siguro let's start with the fact na it's, it, it was the sauna kung saan first time talaga na naging malinaw kung ano ba yung vision or yung plano, yung master plan kumbaga um, ng Marcos administration at President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., um, for the country. Uh, why do I say that? Because medyo um, sirang plaka na tayo talking about this. In the campaign, neither Marcos nor Sara Duterte really expounded on what they, uh, their platform for, for the Philippines, for their candidacies. No? Um, in fact, the platforms were only released via video weeks before the election, uh, election day. So we didn't really, like we had vague ideas of where they stood on things and, and their promises. Uh, about certain issues and and um, about issues normally, but it was really a campaign uh, run on the promise of unity, uh, the potential of unity, whatever that means. It means a lot of things to different people. So it was really during the sauna na nagets nagets natin somehow na ah, okay, ito yung gusto niya, ito yung direction of his presidency. And siguro he he stuck to three points na. Mara, our, our former colleague in, in Rappler, pointed it out also when we did a recap before ahead of the sauna. No, na parang, um, we talked about this, that he would be highlighting, we expected him to highlight three things. And this is based on his first three na cabinet meetings um, as president. So first thing would be the return to face-to-face classes. So if you notice, um, after the sauna also, lahat ng galawan or lahat ng discussions ng other departments uh, have to do also with the return to face-to-face classes. Of course, that's spearheaded by Vice President and Education Secretary Sari Duterte. Uh, second, food security. Another reason why we are sure that would be a highlight or that would be something he'd point out was the fact that he is the agriculture chief. Temporarily, kasi nga, um, temporarily for now, hindi tayo sure, eh, but the way the palace frames it, he is the temporary chief of the agriculture department. Uh, because he really wants to focus on food security and bringing food prices down for Filipinos. And finally, economic priorities. Uh, medyo hinipe nila to sa start na parang hindi muna i- ilalatag yung buong plano ng Marcos administration kasi it would be expounded on uh, during the SONA. But in, in, in effect, yung, yung in-explain ng economic managers and economic team beforehand, yun na din pala yung figures and numbers. that. And I'm sure a lot of our viewers who watched the first few minutes of the SONA probably zoned out sa dami ng numbers <laughs> na the president was rattling off at the very beginning of his State of the Nation address now. Um, yeah. So yeah, and, and and I think later on, and I mean, I mean it was clear during the sauna, but it became more pronounced later on. 
uh, through statements from um, the economic team or, or even his uh, the, the press secretary, Trixie Cruz Angeles, the tax reform is a huge priority of this administration. Yun din yung rationale kung bakit daw may nabito na limang uh, bill kasi hindi daw yun swap or hindi siya aligned with tax reform thrust. And you have to point out the irony of this because to this day, hindi talaga hindi resolved yung tax issues ni uh, President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., Citizen Marcos, uh, before he won the elections when these issues were first brought up. No? So during then, during then the sauna nalatag yung medium-term fiscal framework. Judas, huwag mo kayo tanong in detail about this. Kasi I think si Ralph yung mas yes. better equipped to talk about the medium-term fiscal framework. But um, as a House report, I can tell you that in-adopt na to ng House. Uh, this was dis- discussed and deliberated upon during session, but there's a move to adopt that framework. Nga. But I think what what there was nothing really surprising about what he mentioned. But there's, it, it also was not surprising to realize the things that he did not mention. Um, not surprising, but I think a little dismaying for a lot of sectors. So, um, syempre, sobrang familiar si Judas dito. Human rights was not mentioned at all. Uh, it wasn't given time of day during the sauna. Um, peace. Peace talks weren't mentioned at all. Walang banggit ng barm. Walang banggit ng kung ano ba yung direction natin. Um, so, so talks with with communist forces naman, wala rin discussion noon, walang discussion in the drug war. Of course, it's the bloodiest and most controversial perhaps of the things that he inherits from former President Rodrigo Duterte. Um, wala rin discussion during the sauna of what's our stand on the ICC. Of course, recently lang din na, na nalaman natin na, okay, uh, palang his uh, status quo pala, he's sticking to the withdrawal from the ICC. So, um, yeah, more or less yun yun. I don't think there was anything surprising na talagang, what the hell was that? It was very normy. Mali ata yung word. It was very, it was very boring. And I hope people don't understand it as a negative thing per se. But it, it basically, it was a sonnet that you expected a, 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 a an average president to deliver, I suppose. Yeah. Beya sa dulo ng kanya speech no, may mga mention siya mga batas na is niyang mapasa during his term. Pero bago tayo pumunta sa specifics nito na it will be a long discussion on that. Can yeah. you discuss to us ano ba itong proseso ng or konsepto ng legislative priorities? Ano ba siya okay. as a concept in the realm of the political scene in the Philippines? Yeah. So, okay, so maybe some of our viewers are like, and our listeners are like, oh, there are different branches of government, yeah, legislative, executive. There are different branches, different rules apply to those branches, budgets, whatever, whatever. But but uh, we still do expect those branches to work together. Um, and, and, and usually in the, in the Philippine context, for maybe people who aren't very familiar with how Philippine politics works, uh, whoever the president is, more often than not, the House is theirs, the Senate is theirs, or a majority of legislators are allied with the President. So, uh, hindi na rin siguro surprising na Congress will be, in theory, cooperative sa mga, in terms of the legislation that the President wants to pass. So, itong legislative priorities is is basically, kumbaga, so nilatag ni yung vision during the SONA, yung legislative priorities, kumbaga yun yung action points, kung paano ba natin makamit itong gusto natin ng ganito. So you will see it in the way that the, the legislative priorities were listed out. There were 19 bills that he listed out. Nawawala yung kodiko ko. Um, pero parang swak din doon yung tax reform. Um, he wants to introduce two tax packages. 
uh, yeah. yung mga, parang kumbaga ano siya, execution ng vision that he laid out in uh, during the uh, sauna. So, how does that work exactly? So, meron tayong tinatawag na PLLO. Wala pang na-appoint ata dun as of this airing, this recording. So, that's the Presidential Legislative Liaison Office. So, their work is, their job is to work with the legislature. Yung, yung technical role nila as defined on their website, they have to make sure that the president's social contract is met, social contract with the Filipino people. So basically, the president has to do his job uh, and his promise to the Filipino people. Um, so the idea th- there is for the executive and, and the legislative to work harmoniously, hopefully to avoid the vetoing of bills. Um, why don't we want that? Well, on a practical level, kasi diba, it takes so long Hassel, for a bill yeah. to pass. Oo. Diba, parang ang daming deliberations sa House, ang daming deliberations sa Senate, and then may bicam pa yan if, if the two uh, chambers don't agree on certain provisions, and then you send it to the President only for it to be vetoed uh, because of provisions that the executive didn't like or is not comfortable with. So, ideally, that's why we have the PLLO to make sure na hindi ma- to avoid those things. So, meron yung mga informal na talks na, na negotiations or discussions na like even at the House level or the Senate level, sabihin na ng uh, Malacanang, oh, we have concerns about this provision because we feel like this might not be potentially delicado siya and constitutional ba siya or things like that. So yeah, so basically, it's it's the things that the president wants to push via his key allies in both the House and the Senate. Yeah, alam ko Bea, pinasadahan mo na kanina yung uh, makeup na legislative priorities niya. Pero siguro in a nutshell, just give like a brief description of uh, his legislative priorities as a whole. And do you think uh, mm-hmm. uh, can you expound on what you said na? It's a parang it's an implementation of a vision. May mga nagitahaban na medyo out of place toon. No, you know what? Honestly, and, and and I won't take credit for this because it was Mara who pointed this out because Mara covered um has covered several congresses under the previous administration. Uh, sorry, not several, two. The two congresses she covered both congresses, the seventeenth and the eighteenth. Um, a lot of the the priority bills that President Marcos laid out actually matagal itong pinopush at matagal itong tinatry ipush in the seventeenth and the eighteenth Congress, no. Siguro to oversimplify or to to narrow down for the benefit of everybody, no, yung yung theme of the priority yeah. legislation. One is definitely tax reform. Um, parang yun yung lumalabas na major thrust talaga at major um goal ng Marcos administration. So you have, and and again, that's what that's the reasoning that the press secretary gave in why the president vetoed bills that oh, baka nagtaka kayo, baka oh, akala ko may PLLO, et cetera, et cetera. These bills were passed during the previous administration. So, kaya din may iba na naglapse to law naman. Ito yung mga hindi na pinilman ng, ng previous president. Uh, and the, the current president, President Marcos, didn't sign them either. He just let it lapse um, into law. So, ano pa ba? So yun. And then another emphasis of the administration is also right-sizing. Critics, including critics in the legislature, have called this, kumbaga, have, have criticized the term right-sizing and have pointed out na you just really mean to say downsizing, <laughs> therefore potential loss of jobs within the administration, within the bureaucracy. Um, but in theory, right-sizing should mean eliminating redundancies 
um, in the government, uh, which might also say something about the state in which the previous president left the government. But I think yeah. that's another a whole another discussion. So basically, yeah, it, 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 it's nothing. It's nothing groundbreaking. But it's it's really building on previous ideas. Siguro kung isa lang palang bagay na medyo nagulat ako um, yeah. was how the president is becoming more and more familiar um, in taking from, being explicit about taking from ideas of the first president, Marcos, his father, the late yeah. dictator. Um, kunwari, yung dati kasi sa campaign, yung parating kabanggit nitong uh, parang We'll, we'll, parang we, we want to build on yung creation of yung mga uh, health health center or health institutes, for example, uh, yung heart center of the Philippines. You know? so, so during the campaign, a lot of his colleagues, specifically yung mga Senate bets, would, would touch on that. Na parang, I expand natin to from what the first Marcos president did. Slowly in his presidency, he's become more comfortable making references to these, even making explicit references to his father, no? So, one of his pitches, pitches talaga, one of his ideas during the sauna was a promise to uh, expand these institutes nga and, and centers to make sure that they go beyond Metro Manila. And this is a very populist policy kasi, uh, well, obviously, it makes him popular because um, he'll be expanding yung itong mga institutes at itong mga uh, centers to, to beyond Imperial Manila, quote-unquote, but it's also populist. It's also it'll, it's also potentially uh, popular for his allies um, outside Metro Manila, the congressmen, yeah. the legislators, the congresswomen, kasi it's a, kumbaga, KPI nila yun, di ba? Nag-deliver yeah. kami ng isang uh, regional heart center for our region or our province, etc., etc. Siguro nga yung, yung surprising din, yung ROTC bill, uh, yung, yung attempt to make it mandatory again. So yun, medyo nagulat ako doon kasi um, they haven't really been, like, kumbaga it wasn't really expounded on during the campaign. Although Sara Duterte, the vice president now, uh, earlier made a pitch, yung mas, mas intense pa ngayon sa kanya. Gusto niya mandatory military service. But later on, nung tinanong din siya about ROTC, parang open din siya about that. So yun, yun siguro yung... Yeah. Na you mentioned kanina, Bea, na marami sa bills naman ito ay parang matagal lang gusto ipasa, no? And mm-hmm. I remember reading a story na Duterte, yeah. even if uh, undeniably strong ang kanyang uh, strong ang kanyang allies sa Congress, marami siyang allies, popular siya, he struggled sa pagpasa ng mga priority bills niya. Bakit pa nagkakaganito? Uh, what makes or breaks these things? Okay. Uh, a supermajority doesn't necessarily assure you that you're able to railroad each and every bill or legislation that you want. Ngay- ngayon, mas, magig- mas na mas buzzword yung, yung supermajority, but I have to be clear that previous presidents, and not just talking about Duterte, but even the late President Aquino, had a supermajority technically, pero hindi, hindi ganun ka-hyped up yung term na supermajority yeah. siguro nung time na yon. So, but, but, and yet, um, Duterte, not all of, I mean, look at federalism, right? Like, it just, nakalimutan na lang siya bigla sa 17th Congress. Parang, uh, diba, as, parang sobrang hot niya nung first three years, tapos biglang, parang nakalimutan siya together. Parang everyone suddenly forgot na they were pushing for federalism. Anyway, I think that's that's where the politics of it all comes in. A lot of things. Like, for example, you think about the president's political capital, how much does he have left? Um, in terms of pushing for legislation that he wants, uh, why is this important? Because, of course, you're going to negotiate with your 
allies, even your allies, you have to negotiate with them. Hindi porket allies sila or syempre iba-ibang degree yun. Parang siguro kung mas may utang loob, utang na loob ang isang legislator, mas madali na siguro mag-push ng legislation. But for others, diba, it'll need more convincing. It might entail favors. Um, and that, I know that sounds very negative, but I mean, I, I, I say favors in a neutral way. Favors na, oh, sige, we're gonna give this budget to your province or to your city or to your municipality or your, or your district uh, to fund a bridge, a, a farm-to-road project. So mga, quote-unquote, parochial concerns na of the legislators. Isang factor din, gaano kagaling yung allies mo, yung leaders mo in, in Congress. So kaya important to pick an effective uh, House Speaker. Of, given na yun, House Speaker, Senate President, yeah. given na yun. But you have to think about who your is your majority leader a broker like uh, will he or she be able to whip the the house into order kung bagay na hindi ito yung gagawin natin uh, kung ayaw mo ng ganito and this is the darker side here of the house may punishment din involved sometimes it's not ideal but it has happened before na if a legislator uh, who is technically part of the majority but doesn't follow through with what the majority wants, uh, they get punished. And the punishment isn't actually very fair if you think about it. Kasi yung nangyayari, minsan yung distrito yung uh, nagsasuffer. Nakawala ng pondo, mga, nakawala ng chairman. Okay, okay lang sana yung malala yung pondo. Yung mas okay pa sana nakawala ng chairmanships or ng committee memberships yung yung legislator na yun. So yun, mga, mga bargaining din. And of course, um, yung isang factor internal strife within whichever chamber. Um, kasi di ba isipin mo, ang dami mo nang kailangan hearing, ang dami yung minsan may probe ba yan, investigation, eh? investigation in aid of legislation, legislation. And then if you have internal drama or, or conflict pa, right, that's another layer to add. And on top of that, you have the budget. Um, hindi yeah. pa nagsasubmit ng budget yung Marcos administration because they have they do have 30 days after the delivery of the SONA. So, end of the month. Uh, so, by September, basically, yun na yung magiging uh, it, the, the House and the Senate's time will be devoted to deliberating on the on the budget. So, a lot of things. Uh, time. So, to summarize, siguro time, political capital, and, and yung ability of your House and Senate leaders to really whip people into shape. Yeah. So we know those factors na in general. So when you think of the Marcos Congress now, mm-hmm. mo, uh, what factors can help Marcos achieve this priority loss? Do you see ano yung sa composition siguro ng Congress? Do you think do you see that helping him? Well, he has a super majority and frankly, major OA yung super majority niya, especially <laughs> in the Senate. We only have two minority members in the Senate, right? Buti na nga lang sinamahan pa si Senator Lisa Ontiveros ni Senator Coco Pimentel. But, and then the two Cayetano siblings are an independent bloc. So 20 in the majority, two in the minority, two in, in the in-between. <laughs> Kasi neither, uh-huh. neither, ni- neither nor daw sila. So, and then in the, in the House naman, expected naman talaga yun na magkakaroon ng super majority. So we have 311 members, I think around 20 or between 20 to 30 yung minority. So, overwhelming number, no? He's a very popular president. A much, I mean, paulit-ulit na to. He's the first majority elected president in the post-EDSA era. So, that means a lot of political capital is there in terms of his popularity. He's very popular, obviously. So, that could work in his favor. But then again, yun nga, parang, 
we'll have to see how the cards will fall eventually. Yeah. And hindi fall na sin house of cards mo mawawala. <laughs> how how things will will settle down kasi kuno in the house ngayon they're still electing uh they're still selecting. Electing siya technically pero in effect selecting lang yun. Selecting yeah. the committee chairman, the uh medyo puno pero nadadagdagan pa din eh minsan yung deputy, yung deputy speaker, ay yung deputy speaker okay na yun. Yung major assistant majority leaders deputy majority leaders na nadadagdagan pa yun. So, it'll depend kung paano gumalaw yung mga yan. It's, it's a lot of things really, but yeah. what, 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 what he does have working for him is he's the majority elected president. You know, parang. Yeah. So, that'll, that'll be interesting. How will he use that amazing yeah. political capital for his advantage, to his advantage in terms, not personal advantage, ha, but his legislative priorities. Bea, you mentioned kanina na uh, yun nga yung minsan hindi uh, puma, pumapasa sa Congress, sa South House, hindi pumapasa sa Senate, or hindi nag-improve, sa, hindi nag-prosper sa Senate. We've seen that sa mga priority bills ni Digong, or mga pet uh, issues na like yung that penalty bill. Di ba, pumasa sa House yun, pero sa Senate, hindi nag-prosper. And, and to think kahit maraming sa Senate noon ay hindi naman explicitly pero allies with this with kanya yeah. not that opposition ngayon na uh, di, ngayon na medyo explicit talaga na may supermajority sa Senate dalawang dalawa nga lang and isa lang yung talagang true true opposition sa Senate ngayon mm-hmm. do you think na uh, mga happen ito less siguro yung ganitong parang na na sustainable wall yung mga pinapasang pet bills sa Congress yeah it's hard i don't know it's hard to speak for or to assume the actions of, of our senators. Because I think that's one thing that the Senate has going for it. In tawagan nila the, I don't, they, hindi naman siya nag-originate from the, from the Aquino administration, but I first heard it from the Aquino administration. And maybe because yun yung unang administration that I covered as a reporter. Pero uh, the Senate is, is, is a house of, of, is a chamber of 24 republics. So, kanya-kanya yan, kumbaga. Uh, kasi they all have national mandates, right? Like, hindi mo pwede oh. silang basta-basta lang anuhin na parang, di ba, parang unlike the house na, you know, their their constituencies are districts, cities, um, party, yung specific sectors in in the case of, of party list groups. Ito, national mandate to. So, kumbaga, mas may, mas may mandate sa national mandate ngayon. Mas may mandate sila. Tapos, mas may political power in that way because they're a national figure. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how these senators will react. So far, if you read through their statements here and there, parang wala pa kasi mga serious deliberations masyado. Um, but if you look at their statements, parang they're not, not, not all of them are yes men and yes women so far. But we'll see. We'll see kung um, paano ba nila gagawin yun? Kasi nga parang if you think about it, even during the Duterte administration, uh, Senator Tito Soto, the Senate President, was a, was, was a close ally of the President and yet he protected the institution several times and went against the President also several times. So, uh, tignan natin kung ano yung ano bang galawan ng Senate under the 19th Congress. Yeah. And let's go back to the House composition, Bea. Mm. You have the House Speaker, his cousin, yung anak niya may position, yes. and then labas dyan, andyan si ate nasa Senado. Is this something you've mm. seen before? Uh, what can this reality bring to the table in terms of Congress relationship with Marcos? Yeah. I, I can't say for sure if we've seen this before because I've only been a reporter <laughs> for three, three Congresses pa lang. 
Kala mo tagal na. Oo, Ay, hindi, hindi, hindi. Sorry. Mali, mali, mali. Na, na-cover ko pa rin yung 16th uh, in passing uh, under President Aquino. Uh, yung dulo lang, yung dulo lang. Pero ano, medyo nakakawindang siya isipin kasi nga you have relatives. In fact, they share the same yeah. name. Ferdinand Marcos, Ferdinand Martin Romaldez, Ferdinand Alexander Marcos. Uh, having key positions in, in government, the president, the house speaker, the senior deputy, uh, senior deputy majority floor leader uh, is, is the son of the president. And, and to add to that, uh, yung wife naman ni Speaker Romualdez, si Edna Romualdez, is the chairperson of the Committee on Accounts. Uh, yun yung may hawak ng budget-based budget. ng house. So powerful post din yun. And on top of the fact na it holds the budget of the house, uh, yung leadership kasi ng, ng, ng house, they have, yung, yung term ng, ng house rules, they have vote and voice in all committees. So that means pwede silang kumuda in any committee, pwede silang bumoto in any committee. So imagine the power that you hold. Yeah. And on top of that, I believe uh, si, ano naman, si uh, TUCP Representative Mendoza is apparently a relative also of, of, of Congresswoman Yeda Romualdez. Uh, he also is, uh, he's a deputy speaker, I believe. So, so yeah. medyo ano siya, kumbaga all out. Like talagang our relatives with whole key posts um, in, 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 in the House of Representatives. I wouldn't count necessarily Senator Amy Marcos as a parang kumbaga automatic, kumbaga parang it doesn't, kasi parang if you look at it, kunwari yung unang navito ni President Marcos was a bill Ay, that Senator that. Aimee yeah. um, pushed for in the House, right? So may mga oh. And then if you see also nung uh, sa ABRA, nung, nung, uh, anong tawag nito, nung, nung briefing for the disaster, yeah. parang naisingit ni Senator Aimee doon yung mga key legislation na gusto niya rin i-push, kunwari yung 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 belief niya na hindi tama or parang hindi na necessary na maggumawa ng Department of Disaster Resilience and instead empower na lang daw yung NDRMC uh, which is salungat sa 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 pronouncement naman ni, ni President Marcos literally the day before during a press conference. So yeah but, but on top of the Marcos dynasty uh and their presence in both chambers of Congress also think about the other dynasties. Yeah. Uh, present in both chambers. Yung house naman ever since talagang uh, it's the house of the dynasties. <laughs> I mean, talaga, you, yeah. you see, di ba, parang father passing on to the daughter, uh, siblings, um, grandparents to to their apos passing um, passing on. Tumakbo naman, tumakbo naman. I mean, ano na, hindi naman siya literal na pinasa yung trono, pero um, it, that's where the dynasties thrive. Uh, but we also see dynasties creeping into this, not creeping, but like emerging in the Senate, right? Like, you have yeah. the independent Cayetano block, and, we, and they're the Cayetano <laughs> block because they're brother and sister having an independent block in the Senate. And then uh, you also have uh, the two sons of the former president, uh, for former president era. Uh, they're both in the majority. Kamunti ka na rin, magkaroon ng father-daughter tandem sa Senate in, in, in the person of Vice President Binay and Senator Nancy Binay, but uh, the senator didn't make, uh, the, the former vice president didn't make it into um, and then there's a, the, the Tulfos also. Marami sila, tatlo, tatlo sila. Eh, dalawa sila sa house. And then, of course, you have yeah. Senator Tulfo. And of course, you have Secretary Tulfo. So, more than just the Marcos dynasty, mantayin din natin yung dami ng dynasties yeah. and, and how how this might eliminate the checks and balances that the different branches are supposed to mm-hmm. give each other. 
what led to this Bea? I, I I remember you talking about this uh previous news. <laughs> Ang hirap na walang tanong na yun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Pero, pero pinag, ano siya eh, parang you tackled this sa previous news break eh. Uh, what led to to this? Bakit bakit we have yeah, the yun, national na, yeah, parang further legitimize ang political dynasties. Well, I think one factor is that, I mean, under Duterte, uh, I, I mean, this, is, this isn't just my original idea, but this is also like inputs from uh, political scientists and analysts na parang he, he did empower them during his six years. Um, very, di ba, parang very, parang he, he, he if they if they followed what you wanted to do, or parang may 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 kumbaga, do what I want and I'll help you in that way, and 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 I guess that also helped the dynasties flourish. Shapre parang itong itong parang it would be a miss to uh, think about to to say na parang oh dahil kay President Marcos to this is absolutely parang a legacy of President Duterte. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Paano bang deeper? So maglabas tayo ng research about dynasties and how they affect Google our democracy. Never. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bea, this was supposed to be my last question, pero isisingit ko na lang sa ano. Pero do you think we will see the same inviting chaotic incidents na nangyari sa House under Duterte, ngayong under Marcos? Remember, uh, yung sa Cayetano, Velasco, Gulo. Do you think it will happen under Marcos? Well, the critics of the Marcos administration certainly hope so. Um, no, no, no. But, but, but I think, but I think what the joking aside, yung natin, this is a fantastic alliance in that all the powers that could possibly find common, like something in common with each other, uh, came together, right? So you have, uh, LACASIMD is now emerging to be the, um, Will will be the ruling party in the house, although not in numbers. But the the house speaker is la CMD. Um, you have PFP also, uh, and then the usual na NUP is there, NP is there. So, uh, but but beyond the parties, because alam naman natin weak yung party systems sa Philippines. Yeah. Ano lang sila vehicles lang sila for personalities, no? Pero isipin mo yung unity alliance, de ba? Sino yung mga personalities that brought together? Gloria Makapagal Arroyo. Uh, the Romualdez clan, the Marcoses, the Duterte's, um, the Estradas are part of the, the Uniteam Alliance. Um, so, what am I trying to say? There's intense yung power, yung political power ng individuals na to put them together. Siyempre, mas powerful in the context of the 2022 elections. But how will that unfold um, when you're already in power? Like, when you when you hold the power, that then it becomes a little trickier. Right, because that's when negotiations happen and fail. Uh, that's when magkakainisan yung one side, kasi bakit lamang yung other side or lamang yung isang party. So I, I I can't give any predictions, but I will say that it will be a very delicate balance for not just for the not just for the legislature, pero parang government as a whole, because you have all these powerful um, groups and personalities frankly that have come together and i don't know parang hindi hindi magiging hindi hindi magiging peaceful all day every day for sure yeah for my last question no what is vital thing that marcos should do to avoid yung mga nangyayaring gulo sa ilalim ni marcos and in duterte sa kongreso niya mm. well his house and senate leaders should be doing their job well 
um, as in they have to whip them into shape, and that sounds very bad. But but I mean, like, kailangan, like Speaker Romualdez and Senate President Zubiri absolutely have to um, be on top of it all the time. Parang di ba kung may mga ugong ugong yung mga congressmen or congresswomen uh, react appropriately. Meron na kung source dati who joke na nung congressman siya many many years ago. Uh, hindi pa ta- hindi pa tayo journalists, Judes. Actually, hindi ko alam kung buhay na tayo noon. Pero yung joke niya, yung yung speaker at that time, hindi ko napapangalanan. Parang meron siyang tatlong uh, kumbaga, tatlong tauhan, meron siyang uh, meron siyang goons, meron siyang brains. So, may isa pa eh. May basta pa lang kumbaga negotiators niya yon, like yung isa yeah. idadaan sa sa salita we'll give this to you and syempre you have the brawn yung wounds mo na talagang persahan na uh, depende na lang sa imagination ng, ng viewers and listeners natin kung anong klaseng threats na yun hindi naman yung hindi naman physical threat pero yun nga hindi ko napapasok yung parang um, under threat na mawalan ng project nawalan ng budget for certain projects yung isang legislator for their district or their city or their town um, so doon na yun papasok uh, so that's one thing. I I hindi pa clear sa akin if he'll be a, if, if the president is going to be a very detached or a very hands-on sort of president when it comes to legislate to the legislature. Um si President Duterte, uh, Mara Cepeda observed or wrote this in her in her report na he was very hands-off, very distant from from um the Congress itself. Kaya rin, kaya rin, nagkakam- nag- kaya rin ang daming away at ang daming mga power grab, power struggles here kasi he didn't really, like, he let them, let them be, right? He would intervene from time to time but he didn't really make it his life's mission to, you know, yeah. uh, to control the Congress in the way that he wanted to. Sa panang, say, bahala kayo dyan, negotiate kayo dyan the way that you want to. So that's, those are the two things. And then, you have to, Either so two things you have to either keep your your allies in Congress happy or you have to keep them in check. Paano gawin yun? Nasa kamay na yun ng House at Senate leadership. Yes. Ang dami-dami pang kailangan abangan sa Kongreso ni Marcos dahil ingat naman wala pa namang uh, one month pa lang naman ang, ang administration na to. Oh. Kakasona pa lang. So basically wala pang na, budget. Yeah, nagpapin sa budget inaabangan ko yung budget deliberations pa baka may magkagulor din. Pero uh, marami na rin na-discuss si Bea sa mga, sa konsepto ng legislative priorities, sa composition ng Congress, especially itong very crazy thing na ang dami-dami, not just the Marcos dynasties in Congress, but also different dynasties on their own, especially sa Senate na magkapatid, mag-ina, uh, mag at, any, at kung ano-ano pang form ng dynasties. Kung gusto nyo kaming samahan sa aming discussion pa tungkol dito at sa ibang isyo sa Pilipinas, pwede kayo sumalis sa Facebook group na Rappler. Sa Facebook? Facebook, saan pa nga ba? Pangalan nito ay Rappler Room. Makikita nyo ang link sa comment section at sa screen natin ngayon. Click nyo lang yan at sumali kayo para sumali pa sa maraming discussion social media. Maraming salamat, Bea, for joining me today. At alam ko... Uh, sasamahan mo pa ako in sa marami pang episodes. Uh, dahil May choice ba ako? Wala kang choice basically dahil ikaw ang Marcos supporter natin. Okay. At for sure, sabi mo kanina, marami pang events na mag-unfold, marami pang possible infighting kung hindi nga makip in check ng mga House leaders, Congress leaders, ang kanilang mga kabaro. Thank you listeners for tuning in. If you would like to be updated on this and other issues, huwag kalimutan na i-follow ang Rapper News Race sa Facebook, pati na rin sa Twitter. 
Kung gusto mo ng access to exclusive content and events, pwede ka sumali sa Rapper Plus. Kung meron ka namang gusto na topic that you think we should discuss in our podcast, pwede ka mag-email sa investigative at rapper.com. Again, I'm Jules Gavilan, and this is Newsbreak Beyond the Stories. If you enjoyed this podcast, help us continue to do what we do by contributing to Rappler. You can support us by making a donation of any amount through rplr.co slash supportrappler. That's rplr.co slash supportrappler. Or click on the link in the description. Your donation directly supports fearless, independent journalism in the Philippines.